0: On Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on YouTube, for lifelong Saints fans, talking everything Southampton, welcome to the Saints Prime Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the aftermath of the West Ham game. So we're going to have a couple reactions, talk through the game, but I do have some news. Now I haven't told you through this, but I thought I'd leave it. Oh, okay. Um, we've been, as you guys know, but uh, people might not, we've been talking to a company called Big Heads Media who are trying to display us to podcasting. They've now put us on their network for footballing. So it's mm-hmm. under BHM, Big Heads uh, Media, soccer.com. Go and see us under there. They've got our links to Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, and they're also in the works of making merch for us as well. So if you want to see oh, some safety so- crime merch.
2: Wait, what?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're in the work so i've been talking to them and they want to see if they can get some merch out for us they'll sort it out they'll do it for us and if you want to make it (laughs) if you want to purchase it it will help us continue the podcast and you get to wear some sweet sweet saints prime merch as well so (laughs) what a win so yeah big shout out to the guys at big heads media podcasting network go and check it out see if you can see us on there and uh yeah, go from there. But we're going to go into some reactions now.
2: No, see, not only have we lost 1-0, we're also sellouts. So, well, not sellouts, uh, mate. Welcome, welcome back to the Saints Prime podcast. Uh, well, I, mean, I think
3: that's good news. I, I think that's good news. Basically, a bit confused. We just we signed on to a podcasting company. They're going to help us expand our, exactly. our brand. Exactly. And we want to, we're not just doing Saints. We, we have a very limited audience. And we want to expand that and get people
1: in <laughs> We're not a sellout yeah, like Harry said. We're not a sellout. Well, that's what, tiz, that's what tiz is thinking about, the money. Oh, makes, we're not so no, paid. We're not worried about that. No, we're not getting paid yet. <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, we'll move on to Saints. So, after the game, obviously a disappointing result for us. I put out onto the Saints Prime account your reactions, one word reactions. We did get some word reactions, which we probably won't be able to read out, but we got <laughs> some other ones as well. Tiz, are you able to find them out, or do you want me to go for uh,
2: them? I'll, I'll bash them up whilst. Yep. Up
1: like that. That, yeah. So yeah. yeah, so it's on our Instagram at Saints Prime. I'll put it on after, after the uh, games to get your reactions on there and then we can read them out here. So Tiz, if you can go for a few of them.
2: So we've got, right, can't say that, can't say that, can't say that, can't, <laughs> say, that, can't say, say that, can't say that. Can't say that. Uh, pathetic, says... shafted, lacklustre, awful, diabolical, embarrassing, can't say that, not good enough, all with one word. Say the name. Interesting. Say the name too, uh, so we've got uh, Alexi, Stephen M, still Stephen Moss, yep. Leo Futcher, uh, yep. Alex Venny, Stand White. So I was a championship. Ash, yeah. Ash, 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 usual from Dan Hurst '96.
1: Yes, Dan Hurst. Uh, good, isn't it?
2: Hoiberg with a not so pleasant emoji from <laughs> Aston Daily 10. Uh, that's something
1: we'll cover in a minute about Hoiberg. Um, uh
2: Jake.young says spineless all oh, oh. And there's a last uh, one um, as well.
1: Um Ethan underscore Ling fifteen said uh, Ralph does Ralph need to Ralph needs to go, he says. So another thing that I put as well, just to see if that's the overall majority, which I didn't think it was, but I put a poll out. So we got um 172 answers to that question. 120 people said no, it's not time for Ralph to go. But interesting, 52 people said yes, it's time for Ralph to go. It's so 52 people are uneducated in football, it seems. Uneducated in football. Well, it seems like it's again an, another it's loss at home. Should Ralph still give, be given his time? What are your guys' thoughts?
3: It's come to a situation where it's not the manager's fault anymore. It literally okay. is down to the players, in my opinion. That is any. I do agree there's a limit sometimes it's a manager's issue, where it's his problem, it's his fault, Well, I do not believe it is his problem anymore. It's just the players he's been left with from the mixed mix managers that have been in the club. And he can't. Yeah. He, sometimes a mess can't be fixed.
1: You reckon? Right, Tis, what are your thoughts? Ralph still needs his time, do you think?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think today's game was more about seeing if we're beyond relegation candidates and more of a mid-table size. But I think today just shown more that I think this season will just be about battling relegation. I don't think today was a must win. As much as a lot of people see it like that. Like there's still plenty of the season. Next week, fair enough, that is a must not lose at the absolute minimum. But mm. I think I think he should be given more time. But there's definitely things he does need to pick up very quickly otherwise he will he will have to go.
1: Yeah, it's getting to that point where it's it's make or break at the moment, and although Ralph is a very good manager, I, I hate to say it, but it seems like if his tactics are too complex for the the quality of the squad we have, it may be that we have to try and find someone that can simplify it down. Unless Ralph can try and simplify it down, just try and get something out of this horrible mismatch of underperforming players. But you've got to look at, it at the fact and say our number one priority at the moment is to stay up and. We need to do that somehow in any means we can. Do we back Ralph in January and say, Mm. right, money, quality is coming in in January or are we saying this managerial style is not working for us at the moment? It's up to the board. I hope we back Ralph. And if it was me, I'd be saying, Ralph is the best manager we've seen in the last half a decade. So put that money where he wants it and sort that team out. But, you know, are you guys on the same line, along Mm -hmm. the same lines as that?
0: I, I think it's... It's quite. Um, I think it's quite. Uh, what, what's the word that I'm trying to think of? I,
1: don't know.
0: Uh, I, I think it's very narrow-minded to say that it's all down to the players, because you. The, there's one man that sends them out in the formation that he wants and the way that he wants them to play, and that is Ralph. Yeah. And he, if he, if the players can't play the way that he wants to play, he has to adapt to it. Yes. And until January or until the next summer because there's no point in us trying to play a way that we can't play Like <clears throat> I completely understand that we want high pressing football and we want to keep the ball high but today there was little to no pressing that's because West Ham didn't give us a chance to press West no. Ham just played the ball, one ball over the top as soon as any of their defenders got it it was one ball lumped over the top because they knew that they were going to get caught out by us pressing, so the fact yep. that we couldn't press high, that that caused the problems, and like just a long ball, like ruined us today.
1: Yeah, it it, it seemed that we got caught out. Uh, Mikey, you're at the game. We always ask you, Tiz, how did you see it? It was on TV. Did you go and watch it on yeah, TV? Yeah,
2: on TV in Sports Bar. Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah, Jamie, did you get to I, get a chance watch my-
2: it?
3: Work? I've
1: seen work. The, I saw the quick Sky Sports highlights. Yeah, the I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw. I'm not going to go into why I didn't see the first half, but let's just say I was not a happy, boy, on why I didn't see it. Uh, I did manage to catch the second half, and um, yeah, it, again, not a great. I, I, I say to you, boys, at the start, wasn't it, it? Was not a great second half, but you seem to say that a first half was even worse. So, yeah.
0: Um,
1: we'll go. Should we go chronologically? Go for it again. I've also um, nabbed some of the points off. Is it Carl Anker, the athletic uh, reporter for Southampton? He did a really good job of summarising the game, what the feeling was like at the game there. Um, Because I I wasn't there, um, but he put on a really good opinion. I think some of the times, some of the reports are kind of difficult to get the feeling of the match, but he did really well of actually getting the opinions of the match. So I'll run through them quickly and kind of go through how he said the the key points as it as it started. So, the first point was or the first kind of part, obviously start of the game, the lineup, pretty much the same, wasn't it? Or exactly yeah. it was the same. Yeah, it was
0: the same, the same. But Armstrong came onto the bench and had a boo foul. I think that was literally the only change.
1: Yeah, and I I was, uh, yeah, I was quite happy to see Armstrong in because I think he had a good um, he affects the team well. And I think near the end of the game, we'll cover that later. But I think he did. Did make a little bit of an impact when he came on. Now, the interesting thing, and we mentioned it, I think Mikey said that Antonio was injured, but he did make the squad this time, as well as Haller up front, so they went for a 4-4-2. Four, four, now, Haller and Anto- Antonio up front, both of them together, posed a little bit more of a, a difficulty to me. I thought that looked a little bit more dangerous, because obviously mm. Haller is a bit of quality, Antonio is good in the air, and two up front looks like they're they're going for this game. Obviously, um... Well, Pellegrini's manager career depended on it and yeah, it looked like they were going going for it, Tis.
2: Well, in previous games they've played a four-four-one one system. I think it's the first time in a long time they've played two up front. Yeah. Especially when I looked at their Twitter just to see what their reaction was to Anderson being in the not being in the squad. There wasn't a word. No one co- even commented about that, probably because they were in the news, to be fair. But everyone was like two up front, finally, first time in three months, let's go. And um, that did seem to really, really pay off against us. Antonio absolutely dominated us, which yeah, is he looks
0: really quite a problem
2: today. because he's all, he always plays really well against us. And that's, so that's a reflection of him or the we can't handle him very well. But he he was the real difference maker for them today, frustratingly.
1: Mm. Yeah. Jamie, your kind of thoughts? You saw the highlights, but what were your overall impressions kind of seeing the game today?
3: <laughs> like Harry said, Antonio is a beast of a player and that too far. I think he was unlucky to get his goal. No, no he was unlucky for the ball to deflect and hit his hand. Yeah, because I think that was an amazing bit of work. Yeah, he him. did
1: really well for that goal, and it got uh, ruled out. And, and uh,
3: can I just say, we missed out on signing him back uh, back in the day when easy. he was on loan at us. Yeah. <laughs> and, <yeah. laughs> but, but anyway, yeah, it's just a shame. Sebastian Haller finally got a goal, and I oh, know it wasn't his first goal, but it was his first one oh, in, well, in first over, first ten goal, going, over ten hours. Ten hours.
2: 10 hours Oof.
3: of football. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's like I can't really comment too much on it where I didn't actually watch it. Unfortunately, mm. I did a nine and a half hour shift at yeah. work. Right. Um, but yeah, it just, it's just a it shame.
0: Does like, it does seem like uh, if you're on a goal d- scoring drought, come to Southampton, and yeah. you'll uh, get a goal. You know, that's,
2: yeah. what, that's, awesome. that's what concerns me the most, though, because we weren't able to. Get any points out of an out of form Tottenham? We didn't beat Arsenal when they were out of form, and now we've beaten a team that, if they even drew Pellegrini would have probably got sacked. That's my, that's a that is a concern that I have that we we're struggling against teams that are supposedly out of form and poor.
1: Yeah, mm. um, and uh, yeah, I think it, it seems like we always kind of say it that we we come at a bad time, but. Pellegrini was on his last draws today, wasn't he? And it looked like we get a result and he's out. So whether he was able to actually fire up his squad to get him a result for him or whether just the fact that we were just so poor today that they ended up eventually getting prevailing through, I'm not too sure, but it looked like if we had a a better chance at any, it was, it was today and it didn't happen again. Another worrying sign. Um, But yeah, let's go back to it. Um, Mikey, you can go through this. I don't, I don't know if it showed on the highlights, it seemed like West Ham had an early offside goal from a free kick. Um, yeah.
2: um, it was two minutes in. Uh, it was... Dexter and Rice.
0: Yeah, the Rice, Rice was offside the from a free kick. Um, and it was just a sign of things to come. It really should have been a wake-up call for lads mm. out there. Um, but they didn't take it as that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know... it <laughs> It was unmarked. I know like we were trying to keep a line and apparently there was a lot of them offside. It wasn't just Rice. There was like four or five of them that were offside. But it should have been a wake-up call that they were going to come at us and the last didn't take care of that.
1: No. And um, another thing as well, he, uh, Cole Anker definitely talked about how West Ham were dominating first 20-minute, up to the 20-minute mark. You know, really kind of putting their foot down onto the game and, and uh, kind of taking their, their hold of the game in away from home. Was that the kind of impression you got as well, Mikey?
0: Every single time they came forward, they looked like they were going to score. Yeah. It was terrifying to watch. Um, Haller and T- Antonio were causing so many problems for Bannerick and Stevens. Yeah. Um, Hoiberg wasn't really sitting back. He had an awful game today. Yeah. He was awful. And uh, I understand that he's the captain and everything, but even the captain can be taken off the pitch. Yeah. So, um, and to take him off into the Redmond.
1: Yeah. Can you talk us through? So um, Shane Long had a little bit of a, a little bit of a chance after that, kind of twenty five minutes onwards. Was, was that was that a was half a, chance?
0: It was a slight header, but it looped quite a lot, and Martin had it covered. When he found, right, it, okay. found that Okay. Quite
1: easy. Next thing I've got down here. Jack Stevens really angry with the midfield being pushed up too high. What did you kind of see from that?
0: Well, I mean, it was just Hoyberg and Will Proust being caught up high. Right, Not, yeah. Neither one of them was sitting against Watford and against Norwich. like Hoiberg was the one sitting and Ward-Prowse was the one up. But Hoiberg yeah. was making quite a few mistakes, so I don't know if he was trying to like press higher and try and like Cut it him. out early. Yeah. And it just left such a massive gap in the middle. Tiz, did you... Every, did you, every, every, you, uh, single, time, every single time the ball came forward, it was a two-on-two. We, yeah. we didn't actually have any support.
1: Tiz, did you notice that gap in midfield around the start of the first half?
2: It's, it's difficult because neither team really used the midfields that much. A lot, a lot of the time, the boys played down the wings over the top. But there was there was quite a gap. To be fair, I, I don't know. I don't know why. Because in the past few games, they've they've played well. So I don't. I don't know why why that was at all. Really, to be honest. Yeah. I think
0: Redmond Giannapo also caught too high up the pitch. Mm. It didn't look like we were playing four four two. It looked like we were playing four two four. And, like, yeah. Redmond and yeah. were just so high up the pitch, they weren't offering anything. Yeah. That was the problem. We had no options. Our only option was to go long or to pass around the back. And either option, the fans were getting annoyed, um, which doesn't help either. Oh. You know, you get angry when you try and keep the ball and then when you lose the ball, you get even angrier.
1: Uh, yeah. A miserable. hostile environment. Um, and do you think that's... Do you think Ralph was saying, right, we're going for first goal? Do you think it was a lack of fitness, a lack of ambition? What what did it come across to you guys when you were watching the game in the first half?
0: Confidence and effort. Confidence <laughs> and effort.
1: That, was it that idea, again, of kind of not wanting to make a mistake in the fact that, you know, you know the fans are going to be on your back at home? Um, you know, do you think they are now nervous to make mistakes? Uh, is that an issue that's coming into their game now?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, the well, the main issue is that neither uh, both teams knew how important the game was and neither of them wanted to overcommit. But the problem is West Ham have a lot more quality going forwards overall than us. So I'd rather have Dan Ings than either of their forwards. But if Dan Ings is the only one actually putting in the hard yards making those chances then I'd rather have, rather have their front line just because of the amount of effort they've put in like I said earlier Antonio is the one that's really making things happen whereas you've, you, if you've only got Danny Ings you know Redmond was quite ineffective Gineppo first half especially was ineffective and Shane Long he didn't really get didn't get the chance to get on the ball in the first place so it's, he couldn't really do anything there so it's frustrating but in the end just, Got what we deserves from a poor first half performance. I, yeah. There's no point in the game that we really troubled David, just as a whole. we What was it, his third, fourth Premier League appearance? And I can't remember a difficult saying that he's had to make for the whole game. No. I know he it, hit the bar it, in the post a couple times. The
0: but... most difficult it got for him was Walcross's free kick, and that went straight at him. Straight and that was about
2: 35 yards out. Another
0: clean sheet for him, isn't
1: um, yeah. so next thing I've kind of said from there so I've commented about uh, Jack Stevens angry with his lack of cover in midfield the um, and then we have a West Ham VAR check for a um, kind of uh, was sorry. it a penalty yeah.
3: Yeah. Antonio and Haller kind of colliding I together <laughs> that, I, what it does in the highlights it's just a big bundle of mess on each side of the team yeah. right? they all just crashed into each other
0: like I think had, it, it originated from Bertrand not clearing the ball um, he had two men on him and he tried to turn both of them Sure, instead of just putting it out for a throw that's like the most um, red
3: most birchon thing ever
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah so he was caught out and then he tried to recover and unfairness fairness he looked like he had all the every single body part being held by Antonio. <laughs> it, looked like, it looked like he had fouled him and it yeah. should have been the penalty but I don't know if the cross was poor and that's the reason why but mm. it did look like there's it, a
2: bit of an elbow in the back by a Bertrand on hello, first first impression. I thought mm, that could be a penalty. And I think it was one of those that if the referee gave it first off, it might have been given because of that like subjectivity rule or whatever they call it. But uh, there was it, there wasn't a lot in it. But I've seen them given, and it was it was a bit of a clumsy challenge at the end of the day.
1: Mm. True. Um, next thing we've got on here so we've had the VAR check obviously showing West Ham building a bit of pressure how is goal coming next now I haven't actually had a chance to have a look at it yet but can you guys kind of describe it through what happens
0: absolutely
3: pretty exciting
0: it nice came, shot, um, from, yeah. I think I, I might be getting two chances mucked up, uh, messed up. But I'm not too sure because I've only seen it the once and that was okay. live. So you don't really recall everything. But I think it came from Hoiberg missing the ball. He miscontrolled the ball. He didn't even touch the ball on the halfway line. and He caused a foul. And I think West Ham played quite direct from that. And Antonio did well, kept the ball in. And I think there were some murmurs of the ball going out of play. And... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the, it looked like the squad maybe stopped a little bit or just lost concentration, and then it was just a very well worked goal from West Ham. Snodgrass put good ball into the box. Cedric lost his man at the back post. Not goal, <laughs> and no one was on Haller. Um mm. A 30, thirty-five million pound striker. Is he yeah. yeah, yeah, a yeah striker he plays
2: on the Premier League football last year.
0: And none, none of our centre backs decided that they wanted to mark him. Hojbjerg decided that he didn't want to mark him. No.
2: Mm. Half for loser. I, I think mm. it's quite simple, and it was a good finish as well. McCarthy yeah. could not have got down. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for that when it's posted in, there's no mm. chance for the goalkeeper. Not no. even I complained about McCarthy's goalkeeping for that bit because it's not. I actually thought apart from that, he had a good game. Oh yeah, highlights. Yeah, yeah. I think I think of yeah. yeah.
1: It did seem like people were saying game. McCarthy had a very good game today. Yeah. Again, shot stopping looked like he did very well today. Um, yeah, I think it's a. Uh, yeah, that penalty's just a bundle, really. Um, yeah, I think shot-stopping-wise, I think McCarthy does very well. He showed it when we were trying to stay up the season before, and today he ca- he's he got it in his locker to be able to pull off some good saves when we need it. Um, ne- so after the Haller goal, it seems like it just goes into half-time, really, kind of get to the end of the half. Um, and then a Time. Yeah, booed off at half time, well, it's at St Mary's. <laughs> um, yeah. If you're not we are, winning, you but, yeah, we
0: off at
1: half But um we're looking at the fact that it's we've gone into half time and we've got a substitution straight away after half time. coming on for Redmond. Did Redmond have particularly of a, a bad game? Do you think Redmond uh, was called to try and get some defensive work in that midfield? I What's think, the thinking there?
0: I think Redmond or Gineppo would have come off. I don't think I uh, I thought I thought personally that Redmond was having a better game than Junepo was um, right. at the time. Junepo made like he made a couple of decent runs and like got on the ball quite a bit in the second half. But I thought Redmond was having a better game. He looked the more confident. He looked like he wanted to take players on. I think it was quite unfortunate, but the change needed to happen because our midfielders are being overrun. Yeah. And it's really weird saying that because they were just playing four. They matched us up.
1: Mm. And so it's just man for man, they're better for us, really. Yeah.
0: And we we looked like we had a, like le- they looked like they had extra men all over the pitch, mm. and somehow that that just keeps happening to us. We yeah. even look like we've got like two or three less players on the pitch than they do, mm. like whatever opposition we're playing, which yeah. is terrifying in all fairness. <laughs> you know,
1: it doesn't look good for us, does it? In the fact that man for man, and we're getting out beaten by a side and a manager who is being Um, he's almost be it's his last his last chance to get something out of this team, and he's uh, performing us off the pitch. It's quite worrying that that's a manager who's one game away from being sacked, and he can still outclass us in the first half. Yeah. But we're now in the second half, and things do start to pick up. Um, the Antonio goal gets called off. We covered this a little bit. He basically just kind of powers through, but it's hit his hand on a on a rebound from a challenge, and he puts it in the back of the net. Mm. It's a tough call, but it saved us. Do you think that was the right decision, or do you think we were lucky on that regard? It's the right
3: decision to keep our goal difference down.
1: Yeah, but, um, it's, it's unlucky.
3: For, it's unlucky on his behalf. Mm. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have complained too much if they didn't rule it out for VAR because it was. I said it was kind it of like, hit his
1: hand and his, yeah. his new hand new handball thing. If yeah. it hits any other hand, it's uh, a foul. So we're not going to play it, uh, complain in that regard. But again, should be another wake up call that they mm. can damage us.
0: I, um, I I actually I turned to my mum at the game and just said like that is incredibly unlucky because yeah. he I, and it was just so like it was so like I he did very well with the ball, but he was it was just so simple for yeah. him. Just to yeah. run, through. like there was. I think he got past four challenges <laughs> uh, from our from our defenders. It was just sort of like they all lined up one on one, he just defeated them every single time yeah. in the challenge. He was stronger. He was quicker.
1: Yeah, brilliant. He
0: yeah. it more, and the finish was incredibly good. As yeah, well. brilliant. I think McCarthy could have done about
1: it. It's gone over the top. Now, who was their number eighteen? Because he looked like he had four a brilliant hours.
0: shot. He had a good shot
1: against McCarthy that he had to put over the crossbar as well. But he's flicked it over to Antonio. He's beaten the first man shoulder to shoulder, knocked it past the second, which I think was Bednarak, um, and then just basically walked past Cedric like he wasn't there and kind of lunged it and put it into the bottom corner, which, again, like you've just said there, a brilliant finish on his regard. And he must be kicking himself that it's got uh, disallowed. But we'll take that all day, a disallowed goal. Um, because, again, it gives us another chance. But that that is, again, the final warning, the fact that we've had two...
0: It was our second wake-up call.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and uh, we do finally start trying to actually perform something. Um, This is when I I actually saw this for myself. Ings, out of a kind of nothing volley, smacks Mm -hmm. it and uh, hits it off the crossbar and just bounce out. Looks like a... uh... Uh, the the yeah. one that Shane
3: Long missed. rebound. Uh, yeah. Shane yeah, Long was Shane offside
1: Long. and he hit the side oh, he as well. But was he yeah, yeah, he was offside. Um, but it, so yeah, so it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, doesn't yeah. Matter. So he wrong. was just putting it to the side to make it easier. Make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, questionable whether Shane Long should be doing a little bit better on the the rebound mm. there. He yeah, was offside I anyway. I don't
2: think there's any question about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he should,
0: he yeah. should be it's, it's, like, it's either you have the composure to bring the ball down or you, you, you've got to get it on target. He kind of um, waited it
1: for him to drop and the West Ham people, actually, West Ham people, the West Ham players, <laughs> um, almost gave him a bit too much time in the fact that he came down and was able to kind of connect on it. And, not a great connection, yeah, admittedly, not, not but
2: connection.
1: but could take a volley. I was thinking he might have gone for a header there or at least attacked mm. it a bit more. But, hey, that one goes back. We've had a chance. Um I mean,
0: I, I just want to, the only um, the only way we're staying up this year is if it's Danny Ings scores. Yes. Well, he he is the best player we have by far. By he's,
1: miles, by an absolute miles,
0: player. And it's it's a <laughs> it's a shame that we don't have any like him. And it's yes. a shame that if we do go down this year, he's not going to be he's it gonna, because yeah. every single Premier League club, even clubs in the top six, will want Danny Ings. Because he's shown this season that like he still has it. He why, he, why, why he moved to Liverpool? He still yeah. has it. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. And the reason we got him for that price is because of his injury worries. And if he can stay fit and he can get up to, you know, uh, the amount that we're looking for in a striker, he then could,
0: he could easily hit fifteen to twenty goals this
1: oh, season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he keeps his form going and he stays out of injury, he could do amazing for us. That's um, a
0: shame for us, because he could be in the England squad by the end of the
1: year. <laughs> well, he'd have to be in top six for that, wouldn't he? But yeah. me and Tiz were talking a couple of podcasts back oh. in the fact that um, we were saying that we we want to kind of rest Ings just to mm. make sure that there's no injury things that prevail. Mikey's saying he's too important for us to drop him, and just showing today, he was our only real threat up front, wasn't he? I yeah. mean, and the, the red-hot form that he's on at the moment, just, I mean, the next point I've got down here, Danny Ings, Worldie, that he apparently there's a foul on the build well, maybe so GFO... Even before
2: that, he then he smacked the, the right-hand post. Before,
1: yeah, by no just being offside, would not he? But again, but yeah, looking...
2: he's like, I think VAR would have given <laughs> it onside, because I think he was marginally on. I, oh, I, really? I, for, my, for my view, I thought it was at least marginally on. Ollie, right. and,
0: and this, is, this is the thing, this is the thing with VAR. Linesmen are told that if they're not sure, don't they, stick the flag up, flag. and then refs are told to not blow up. Yeah. And so yeah. we could have been, it's a bit like, you know, the Villa goal against Palace. Like, I think it was right at the start of the season. Grealish yeah. was like, said that he dived when he didn't. And the ball went through and they scored. But Lansbury smashed it
2: up,
0: in, yeah. Yeah, because the ref blew up. It was not given. And yeah. that could be the difference between Villa staying up at the season and not. And it's, <laughs> I know it will take time for everyone to learn what it is and what they're supposed to be doing. But if Danny Ings scores there and he's onside. And the ref blows up before the goal goes in. The goal's not given.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And um, you know, we saw it with Shelvy as well, didn't he? He went through and uh, put it bottom corner and he had the it was a credit to him that he played on and didn't um didn't stop because the Sheffield United defenders. Yeah. The Sheffield. Yeah. United? yeah, it was. Yeah. Um just stopped, didn't play to the whistle, but Shelby had the initiative to go on and hit it, and he got the reward for that. But it shouldn't be that difficult, should it? It should really be going to...
2: In all fairness to the linesman, I think they are told to put it... I think they're told to put the flag up, but not, like, down, as in terms of they can signal that they believe it was offside. I I know it's a subconscious thing that if you see it go up, you should stop. But to be fair, I think they are told to put it up just to make the referee aware that, oh, look, I I think this is offside, but they don't actually put it down to show right if this is offside sort of thing but next next season i honestly don't
0: think like would it be better is it's just a question being put out there i know it probably wouldn't happen would it be better if linesmen didn't do offside anymore and they only did throw-ins or just didn't have a flag because if if the, VAR, <laughs> right, if the var is like going to be done for every single what's up then yeah. what's the point in even having the linesman doing the
2: offside in the first place yeah, yeah, it should be just, filler, yeah. I think it it's for be. the obvious ones, but then obviously yeah. subjective so but obviously subjective. It depends on what some people think obviously, and some some isn't.
1: Uh, yeah, I I think it's difficult. Um but yeah, let's get back on to so Danny Ings goes through a couple and puts it at absolute top corner. Yeah. It's apparently the whistle went just before
0: for yeah. the whistle went it was it was a foul. Janet was pulling back on one of the West Ham players when he was trying to clear it. Mm. Wait, they didn't show it in the highlights.
1: It, I I thought I it think... was very close. I didn't think it was too much of a foul. <laughs> Obviously, no, a brilliant
0: I finish. But well, well, I, I, don't, I, I haven't seen it back, but uh, the fact that I saw Giannepo do it, I looked to the ref and the ref had the whistle at his lips to blow up for the foul. So that's yeah. the, I, didn't, I didn't celebrate. I, I didn't think it was a goal because I knew that the ref was going to blow up as soon as Ings touched the ball. Yeah. And it, was, it wasn't it was like Ings scored and then he blew up. It was like Ings touched the ball before mm. he even like, turned and had a shot. He touched the ball and he blew up for it. I mean, they didn't even show the highlight for the Danny Ings chance. I don't think. Yes. yes it they just show... have no idea about. <laughs>
1: it. was an yeah.
0: absolute banger. Honestly. yeah, it was yeah. amazing.
1: If you can <laughs> so, watch it back from somewhere, go and have a look at it. It was on
0: I don't. I don't know who put it up, but it was on Twitter. I think if you just type in Ings, it should. It, it
1: reminds me of a kind of goal that Mane would score against us, kind of thing. That thing that he's running inside,
0: curls PT it, and best. gets
1: it that top corner. If that make if that makes sense, They're the kind of goals that. Uh,
3: Oh, what! <laughs> <scene>. <laughs> yeah, it's a peach.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll try and uh, retweet it for Saint's Brian. Go and have a look I at us on it, Saint's Brian Pod on uh, Twitter, and uh, Jamie's going to retweet it for you now. So go and have a look on Twitter for it, and he'll try and um, put it up for you. But yeah, so the Danny Ings worldy gets called off, um, and then uh, what have we got there? Um, a little interlinking play between Stevens and Hoiberg to go one on one. It looked like uh, it looked like Stevens was one on one, but then decided to pull it back for some reason, and it kind of got cluttered again. Bit of confidence should be really put in that way. I think it's also
0: due to the fact that he's a centre back and he's not usually caught in those sorts of situations. Yeah. <laughs> he gets so he's a bit
1: worried. But... And
0: he had he had one a little later on as yeah, well. Yeah. and Stevens as well, and yeah. they had a little winter change. Stevens was literally on the edge of the box, and the shot went up for a throw-in. Um, oh, it... Yeah,
1: that one as well. He got pulled back, <laughs> and yeah, that one went back. Um, yeah, like, so I got there. Stevens for Hoiberg one on one. And Stevens heading towards the inside the box, heading towards the six yard line and just cuts it back to the penalty spot and obviously a West Ham person clears it. Yeah. Again, not just being confident and having a go when he can.
0: Um, it's decision making too. Like if, mm. like if, in any other situation he would have a shot there. I don't yeah. I don't understand why he's passed it. Surely you see the goal, you see the six yard box, and you're thinking might as well hit it. Yeah, but I think in I mean in my right mind it's, it might as well hit it. I don't know what he's thinking at that point. Then um, I think there may have been two or three Southampton players in the box. So if he does get the cut back right, there is yeah. someone to slot at home. Mm. But you might as well test the goalkeeper. He hasn't been tested throughout the entire game. You might as well try and test him at least. Yeah, I think Jack Stevens becomes a hero if he scores. Sorry, mm-hmm. Harry. You that's one. Yeah. <laughs> so, I did.
2: I just think none of our players, apart from Ings, want to take that responsibility on. That's the problem. That I think it's only Ings that has the confidence to take those sorts of shots on. Everyone else wants to play it into the box and let someone else head it in or head it towards the goal or take a shot inside. I just I only think it's got it. I only believe it's Ings that has that confidence to take a shot that not everyone would. And quite clearly by the fact that what seven or eight of our last thirteen goals have come from him. Yeah. And th- out of the last thirteen, it's only come from three different players, and one of the and only one goal of that was actually from Bertrand. It shows that only a couple, a handful of players actually want to take that responsibility and go, "Yeah, i have a shot from here, and I'll, I'll take the consequences if it doesn't go in."
1: Yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, next thing I've got here is Armstrong for long long substitution. I thought Armstrong did quite well when he came on. He had a little um a little burst down the right, and I think he put. Who did he put through? Um, I think it was was it Stevens or Hoyberg. He put down the side, a couple of one twos, and just lifting it over the West Ham uh, legs challenge. I thought he he looked quite good on the ball when he came on for the last kind of five minutes. Did you guys kind of get that same impression, or is that me just defending? Armstrong? Oh,
0: I think I think Armstrong's a bit like uh, I see so much potential in Armstrong. I think he, he looks yeah, like if he can make a difference in any team. Mm. and it's a real shame that Ralph hasn't really given him his opportunity and it's a shame that when he did get an opportunity and he did play well He's um he got injured yeah. Yeah. so I, I think he deserves a start um the next game I think it, it really it just depends on the opposition really because I mean who, who have you got next is it I have a guess or? The game we're all going to, Mike. Is, is Villa. It, going <laughs> yeah. game, Villa. I'm, I'm really tired. Yeah. Uh, yes. but, yeah. Yeah. Against against Villa, like, it will be interesting to see how he starts, what players he puts out there, because there are a couple tonight that sort of shown that they probably don't deserve to start, yes. and there's a couple tonight that shown that they do deserve a place in the team.
1: Yeah. Of that,
3: boys, who would you have in your starting eleven against Aston Villa?
1: Depends on it's, fitness. Depends because on just, fitness. Yeah. If we could get Valerie back for next game, I would just put him in, just on uh, a way to tell Cedric that he, his place isn't guaranteed. Because honestly, I think Cedric just, I, I just don't think he's interested. Yeah. I think he just wants to do the bare minimum, not to lose his value. It's punts, just straight up down the line. It's nothing,
0: nothing, uh, nothing of flair, nothing inspiring. I, it's I just. Th- I didn't think Cedric played that badly tonight. I thought Cedric did well, but I think the problem the problem with Cedric is that because he's such a because um, he's yeah. such a liability height wise, he gets targeted. Yeah. And the problem if you stick Cedric next to a couple of half, de- half well not half decent, good centre backs, yeah, that he's covered. Like he can, he can do his job. He can do his job down the right, and he can have his freedom to do it down the right because he's proved it under with Van Dyke and Fonte. He's proved how good he can be. Mm -hmm. But the problem is when you've got Stevens and Bednarek, you've got two players that you don't actually know what you're going to get out of them. Bednarek could have a stormer one week, and he could be shocking the next. Stevens is easy. Like he's got an easy mistake in him. Yeah. Like he he showed. I think he showed it today. He had a uh, half sideways pass that. Went straight to the feet of Mark Noble and they counterattacked, and obviously his shot wasn't fantastic. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's where it is. So but you're also- always caught, you're always caught in two minds as a fullback whether to bomb on or because your centre backs aren't great, yeah. where they just cover for them, and that's the problem when Bertrand and Cedric are caught in the two minds to try and like. Do a run or do a cross or get forward. They've always got the fact that Stevens and Bednarek aren't completely reliable, and they're not like really ride
1: on. Yeah, and as a striker yourself, Mikey, you'd be noticing there that <laughs> someone like uh, I don't know why you're laughing at that, mate. He's clinical. Um, I I've
0: scored... I've sc- oh,
3: Mikey. That come on, come
1: on, come so, on, mate. Let me speak. Come on, come on, come on. What i was saying is, you're looking at that lineup, and you're seeing if you're Antonio. You're going to be looking at that centre-back. If you're getting in between the lines between Cedric and Stevens, you know that Cedric is not going to provide any sort of defensive uh, capabilities from a header. And you're just going to slip right in between that centre-back. Uh, Stevens is going to be looking around thinking Cedric's going to get in. But Cedric's just not going to win that header. You think Antonio, if he, if he targets his play on the left-hand side today up front, he can get in between those lines. And we saw Antonio burn Cedric for pace as well. So if he can be beaten for pace, he can be beaten for headers and he's not providing any sort of outlet. I think although he didn't make any, you know, particular mistakes for today, I think all three of those things were just against him. And it just meant, probably out of no fault of his own, it just meant he couldn't get into the game and he wasn't providing anything for us at right back. And I think that's an issue. If someone's just there not providing, that's an issue because you need everyone on that pitch to be doing something to make this team work and to get something out of the game.
0: I just find it quite funny, but in um, from Whoscored.com, there a website that sort of analyse games and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: they've yeah.
0: Actually got um, Cedric as our best player tonight. Oh Jesus Christ! He got a seven point three. Really? Not,
2: it, it doesn't help himself, that does he? The way he comes out of the, he's come out of the press and said he's going to leave. Then this time last season, he said that the Saints players are always concerned when they take the lead because they know what, what's going to happen next. He doesn't. He needs to. Be a bit better media trained from the remaining time he's here because when you say stuff like that in the press, the fans are always going to get on your back because they question your commitment, mm. they question your mindset. So he's going to have to have a 10 out of 10 performance every game, rightly or wrongly, for the yeah. fans to actually trust him. Because, like Ollie said, Ollie thought that he did, Ollie didn't think they had a great game. I didn't think he had a great game. But is it subconscious us awesome. thinking that because he says what he has in the press, he's not, his mind isn't in it? That might not be right. Yeah. But he's he's put that doubt himself. It's a natural
1: bias, isn't it? It's a natural bias you have. Like everyone has a bias, however slight or big it may be, and it's because your own personal opinions. Everyone's got an opinion, and all of those opinions get reflected on what happens. And I may not give Cedric the uh, the break he deserves because he hasn't, you know, he hasn't uh, shown himself to me as uh, as a player I can particularly get behind. You know, at least I think the reason why hoiberg has been given a lot more chances than he should be. And probably why he got given the captaincy is because he came out and gave um, his passionate speaker uh, speeches and all those. And everyone said, right, that's someone who cares. Let's put the captaincy to him. But now it's, those things are kind of fans are kind of seeing through it now and saying, if he's not having a good game, he should be coming off. And uh, has he actually got the, uh, the experience to be able to command that team? Cause we keep going behind leads. Who's actually uh, spurring that team on, or are we having the same sort of mistakes? Um, a final kind of thing that we went through again—that Steven's chance that we talked about earlier, being kind of played back but going out for a throw and I think it went for eventually. So again, uh, not taking taking opportunities. And as an overall impression, it looked like the same sort of thing—not not taking our chances up front. We had two shots on target the whole of today. Um, not taking our chances up front, being uh, not being solid in defence and not getting a result at home. It's something we've seen before. And uh, again, another disappointing result. Walking away, mounting even more pressure onto the next one. And you wonder how long this is going to go for. I mean, I'm hoping, as an optimist for Saints, you know, I won't go slagging them off on Twitter. I won't go uh, slagging off anyone personally. I I want us to do well. But I'm getting more and more concerned by the week because we're seeing the same mistakes. We're seeing same patterns and I am gen- generally getting worried about the, the future of this club in the Premier League. I don't know if you guys feel the same or you reckon we can turn this around but I think with every loss that we're receiving, I've I, I become less hopeful. I, I, I generally think, do believe
2: that.
0: I think fans need to be patient. I think that uh, it's obvious that we it We've shown over the last year that we do have the quality to be a mid-table team. The players that we currently have do have the quality to be a mid-table team. But the problem is, is that the confidence of the players is so low right now. Yeah, that It's obvious that we're going to be a relegation team. And it may be the fact that they don't want to run, or maybe it's the fact that they don't want to run because of the manager or because of the fact that they don't want to make a mistake made you to the fans, they don't want the fans to get on their back. But like you just have to be patient.
2: Mm-hmm. Like the
0: club has been run awfully over the last five years. Yeah. Like, last, last five years we've had horrible transfers, we've had lots of sackings, we've had lots of different players who don't fit systems like put put into it. And we have to learn from our mistakes and the fact that we can't because you have Puel who wanted to play possession football, Pellegrino who wants to play defensive, Hughes who didn't actually have a style, and now we've got yes. someone who wants pressing football. So uh, Ralph is having a very difficult job with players that don't fit his system. So yeah. he needs time. And it's whether he wants to have the time if we do get relegated, it's whether he wants the time to actually be at the club and try and build something, or if he wants to go back to Germany and actually have some sort of like higher tier job. So yes. it's 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 completely down to him, but we have to back him. We have to back Ralph. It may not be the same set of players that we're gonna be backing next season. Yeah. A lot of these I could actually see going or um like being sold, being released. Um so yeah, it's it's our job to back Ralph. Hopefully the board will back Ralph. Yeah. It's it's just gonna be a massive rebuild.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the thing is it um with this it's either You stay up, and we battle for relegation for a couple of years, and the next five years, we're going to rebuild the whole club, we're going to rebuild the squad, and hopefully that will keep us pushing Mm. forwards. Or we're going to go down, and we're going to have a massive rebuild in one season. It's going to be one of the... And so... like. We just have to be patient. It's Things aren't going to turn around instantly. Two Watford and Norwich, the wins there, they weren't going to turn us around instantly. We're still going to be battling relegation until the end of the season. It's just yeah. how it's going to happen. And so you have to be patient. You have to be supportive. And yeah, I know I've rambled on quite a bit there. <laughs> <Everyone> <laughs> was was, was, very wise, words.
1: very wise. I was just going to say that there's common themes within the um, the league. We see it every year. A team that do well immediately, Immediately from promotion because they're uncertain, people don't know how to play. Likes like uh, people like Shuffle United, people like Wolves last year, doing well because they're uncertain. <laughs> but it seems like now we've been the Premier League for how long now? Uh, five, six years, seven, Maybe more seven now, wow. seven,
3: nearly eight.
1: Yeah, when you look at teams, teams like us that came up at the same time, I think West Ham were the most identical uh, team like us in the fact that. We've been up for a certain amount of years. We haven't stuck with one manager like a Bournemouth, like a Burnley. So we don't have a direct style. And we've just got outcasts from all these different types of managers. And unless we kind of build a particular style around a particular a manager, you're just going to have that uncertainty keep coming through, through how many managers you sack. And I just think, like Mikey said there, uh, it summed it up brilliantly. If you actually get a whole squad of players, even if it's just 11 full players that 100% work for the manager and understand the style, you'll just see it turn around so much because you see you see people in the best... So Jurgen Klopp took how many seasons? One, two seasons to get his team right where he wants them. Same with Pep, same with anyone who's doing well at the moment. They take a, a bit of time just to get that team exactly mm-hmm. where they want them, and then you get the performances. And we've just been cutting, cutting and going through all these different players and managers... And once we find a 11 or 18 that fully suit Ralph, we won't get the best of the potential. So that's it's the just building. And
3: then with the Liverpool and Man City teams, the amount of players they got rid of was unbelievable. Exactly. So it's never. Really that's the thing we haven't done yet. That's what we no, need to do.
1: But we can't. We're not. We we're not that powerhouse, and we don't have that money to do that. So it will be slower for us, and it will take more time, and we need more patience. But <laughs> that's for next time. We will do our um, preview so on Aston Villa. Like we will. Uh, Go on. Nine.
0: Man City came third and Liverpool came fourth in Peps and Klopp's first full season. Um, They were, I think, City were 15 points off the title, Liverpool Mm. were uh, 17. And you look at them now, and they're two of the best teams in the country. So you have to. In
1: Europe? Yeah.
0: Yeah, you have to be patient. You have to um, give Ralph a chance to actually
1: put his system in. Yeah, with their identity.
2: Yeah. Thing, yeah, is, it's thing just... is, though, like I played Devil, devil's advocate in the fact that they have they had the time because they they weren't ever whatever's going to happen they weren't going to come out of the top six, the top eight. Whereas this could get us. I'm gonna. This is what I feel. This is just a general, a general feeling that we don't have the time to to allow a manager to do that. Because if we if we give him the time and it doesn't work and it backfires, we get relegation and we can become stoked. where they thought they could do a rebuild, didn't, and now they're stuck in the relegation battle of the Championship. So,
1: but then what's the we... solution then? Get Allardyce in and have him keep us up for a season and get rid of Ralph. Because what we're you know what what is the other option there? I, I'm saying he's got uh, Ralph has got to be back to let him build his team. I don't know what the other solution is there apart from, you know, get another manager in and hope he can turn it around, which that's not necessarily likely to do so.
2: That's the thing. That that's what that's what's difficult about it. But there's no guarantees that Ralph will stay if we go down. There's no there's no guarantees that this this rebuild will happen in the first place. So all, all I'm thinking is, yes, Manchester City and Liverpool had gave their managers time, but they're also they're also managers that won silverware and have a proven track record. Ralph does have a proven track record, but he has a proven track record at top clubs to rebuild stuff, whereas we're not a top club that doesn't have a big budget. Maybe, you know, I, I want Ralph to stay. This is just me thinking outside the box. Maybe a different manager would, cha- would change that up, And that's probably why a lot of other people want a different manager. I'm happy to stay stay with ralph at least to the end of the season Mm because i'm a patient person but i look at the people that aren't patient i think you know there's i'm not surprised they're not patient because things aren't going the right way and in the past where they've not gone the right way we've changed we've changed it up and it's sort of worked so So final question for you then and we'll
1: finish it on this you personally would you be happier to wait and let ralph try and turn it around or do you think it would be more beneficial for us to start looking for a new manager to be able to turn it around just for the overall better for the club what's ever I'd better for gi- the club
2: I'd give him 12 games until until the, the last 12 games of the season because if, if we're still in a very dodgy state actually no it's, it's difficult because I still think then he could turn it around right. so yeah it depends I, how this, far did you say
3: to, to the end of the season
2: yeah, I, I, done, I'd, I'd give it, the I give him to the end of the season, and then we have to, then we'd have to look at what everything looks like then. But so I that would be waiting, then,
1: wouldn't it? You'd be waiting for Ralph to try and rebuild it near the end of the season, because yeah. I think I think February, March onwards is where your own real danger, and the relegation battle really starts. So for me, it would have to be, you'd have to start looking now and saying, are we back in Ralph? Are we back in Ralph in January? Because if we don't back Ralph in January, but still hope for him to turn it round. Near the end of the season, I think that could possibly be even worse. So you've got to, you've either got to decide soon. You have got to say, are we back in Ralph? Are we sticking with it, are, or are we going to make the same mistake and sack and then try and get a new manager to turn this, this team round with even more odds and ends around this thing? So for me, it's definitely stick with Ralph and back him in January because he's the best, best manager we've seen so far. I think that I think that's what you've got to do. Um, that's my opinion. Um, <clears throat> it's just an opinion. <laughs> Um, but we'll finish it there. We'll do our preview to Aston Villa. We're going up to it, so we'll try and do something around that as well. I'm We're gonna going to vlog it,
0: boys. I'm James gonna vlog it. James uh, is kind uh, apparently. I'm my driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: but yeah, we'll see what <sighs> just we can do. Maybe just it, don't we, count on a t- fast turnaround. We on could the try end.
1: and do. We could try and do awesome. a reaction straight after the uh, the game, you know? Uh, or maybe we could get some other people's reactions.
0: There there's, there's a, a there's a shopping centre right around the corner so we can go into a restaurant or something like that and do
1: it there. Yeah, that'd be good. We can try that out. But, uh, yeah, so stay tuned for that. That'll be preview preview going out Friday morning and then reaction will obviously be after the Aston Villa game on Saturday. So thank you very much for listening. Um, we do our reactions on our questions. Tiz, how can I get the questions in?
2: Saints
1: Prime on the Instagram. You can do it yeah. right there if you want to Yep. Thank you very much. And then also uh, Saints Prime pod for instant notifications for when the podcasts go live, direct links to your favourite podcast mm-hmm. and host and obviously news and things like that as well now with the head uh, Media Network so Straight yeah, up. thanks for them and uh, have a look on the Twitter because you also got the merch, look at the merch check the merch out it's And uh, <laughs> oh it does look pretty gosh. sick to be fair so have a look at it, see if you like it uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next Friday see you later bye,
3: bye.